Hello, this is the Grazia Beauty Life Lessons podcast. I'm Jolie Walker, and as ever, we're getting beauty, skincare, and well-being tips from a woman who really knows her beauty. I'm Trini Woodall, and I'm the founder of Trini London. Coming up, how Trini decided that creating and growing a beauty brand was something she wanted to dedicate her life to. You know, it's such an emotive thing, beauty. I've always felt that's why I knew I would start, you know, doing something by myself and it would be in this arena because it's what I saw emotionally change women so much. Big into skincare that truly shows results, regular microneedling has become a key part of Trini's routine. Your skin is on this journey of, of not regenerating and, and producing juicy collagen. And the only way it will be coming out of that is, is if you stimulate it where it feels it's being attacked. And microneedling for me is the perfect thing for that. That said, she hasn't always been flawless in her regime. A bit later, we'll talk fake tan regrets. I used to wear foam fake tan that was orange. It was like I was an orange and I had very bad skin. So the combination of that fake tan I wore, which I thought was disguising my acne, I turned into a literally an uncooked pizza in looks. And here she comes, Trini Woodall. Hello, Trini. Hello, Jolie. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Good. I, I woke up today with a really strong energy. You know days you can wake up flat and, and the weekend was flat and today I've woken up and it's like somebody's put a rocket up my bottom. It's very satisfying. Good energy day. I like that. Well, I'm very excited to hear all of your uh, best beauty advice. Let's see if I can supply you with some good little tidbits. Oh, perfect. Okay, maybe we'll start then. Just how you would describe your beauty style in general, whether that's kind of high maintenance, low maintenance. What's your beauty vibe? I'm efficient high maintenance. Oh, I like it. Tell us more. Like I don't want it to take time, but I want it to deliver maximum results. How would you kind of say, obviously, like a lot of your um, range is about that as well. Was that kind of one of the key kind of driving factors for Trini London? 100%. I mean, I think there's times when we want to spend hours getting ready. But for me, I want to enjoy it, but I don't want it to kind of, I don't want to have to block too much time aside, whether that's doing my hair, makeup or skincare or nails. And some have a greater priority for me than others. So I'll spend probably the most time on my hair because it's, it's you know, it's something that just takes a while to get right. And then because I suffered from really bad acne, Jolie, I think if you've always had great skin, your skincare right, routine might be quite short until you suddenly think, is that a wrinkle I see or is that this or something kind of motivates you to think, should I do a bit more? But when you've had bad skin and you've been trying different things for years, by the time you get to my age, you're really prepared to put the work in to get the result. To get the results. And obviously you've like been working on Trini London now, was it four years ago that you launched the brand? I launched a brand three and a bit years ago, but I've been working on it obviously for a few years more than that. I've been working on it for about six, seven years. So I first had the idea maybe seven years ago when I was traveling around the world and I was doing, I'd stopped doing TV in England and I was always wanting everything with me. So it was a real, you know, I'm sure you're speaking to lots of female founders where it's from a personal need, but that became fused together with all these amazing women I met around the world who would tell me their frustrations at the beauty counter. And I just thought, okay, how can I put that into one big thing? I know what I've created physically, which was the stack, which which now um, is, you know, known by, as a Trini London product. But before that, it was kind of all these women saying, 
I never know what to choose. I don't really know what suits me always. Should I buy trend or should I buy a color that suits me? Can I wear red? Can I do this? And and I just thought, how can we just make it easy? Mm, ease. When I think about your brand as well, obviously, obsessed with the products. But when I think about it, I just think easy. It just makes your life and your morning routine so much easier. Easy yet gorgeous. Because, you know, our passion for beauty, as you know, as beauty editor, is that you just... You want it to change how you feel. You know, it's such an emotive thing, beauty. And I think I've always felt that's why I knew I would start, you know, doing something by myself and it would be in this arena because it's what I saw emotionally change women so much, you know, or or take them from a place of feeling really not great to being able to feel better. And nearly all more than clothes because it's it's even more intimate. Yeah, absolutely. And at the whole kind of process, obviously, you said seven years ago since you had the idea and three and a half years since you founded the brand. What's been the most surprising thing that's come out of it? Is there anything that you didn't expect? Um, I think you visualize where you think it's going to grow to and at what pace. So there was a part of me that thought, I'm creating something that I know every woman will want. And, you know, you sort of think from day one, every woman will get it. So you're, you're, you've got this vision and you have a bit of self-doubt and they sort of sit there, depending on how we're feeling most days, one supersedes the other. So I had this, it was like, you know, it's similar to Jolie is trying to have a baby because I did a lot of IVF to have a baby and I never gave up, but I, there was part of me that didn't know if I'd ever get pregnant, you know, and some days I thought I'm definitely going to have that baby. It's just not this time. And other times I think, why am I continuing to try? And and starting a business is like that. But I did feel very strongly I'm creating something I feel women really, really need and they'll love it. And within three years, you know, we've grown every year we grow four times and, and we are, you know, one of the fastest growing beauty brands in Europe. And so that's been very exciting for me. But I think the most exciting thing is that what I wanted to do was something that was more than a beauty brand. Because when I've done makeovers on women, that's more than just giving them a makeover. So it's it's how can you psychologically make a woman feel better? And that that brand evokes that for her. It's not just, hey, that's my great, beautiful looking makeup compact. It's like I use these products and I feel better about myself as a woman. So how can we help more and more women to feel better about themselves? So that's like a, the mission of the brand and the products ha- happen to sort of fit into that mission. What a brilliant mission. It's basically just about feel good beauty, right? Yeah, it is. You say it so much more succinctly than I do. <laughs> I don't. Feel no, good. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Feel good beauty. Um, and what a brilliant place to start. So let's kick off then with your first piece of advice. And let's start with makeup. What is the best piece of makeup advice that you've ever been given or that you have to give? The best piece I've been given is probably by someone like Ray Morris, who's a wonderful um, makeup artist from Australia. And she gave it to me like two weeks ago, you know, of just, we, we think of for years how we use something and then we're taught another extra way of using it. So she said to me to lift your, you know, when you go down the path of life and some women also, just because that's the way their face is shaped, you can get that hooded, slightly turned down eye, which will just progress a little bit as you go down that path. And she just taught me this little tiny trick 
of um, contour. So we used um, our cheekbones contour, but just a little bit on the puffy bit of your, um, I'm pushing now showing Jolie, the puffy bit of, uh, of your underneath your brow to the bit over your brow. And just this, this tiny bit like this. And it just lifts your brow. It's, it's, it's mesmerizingly good. I want to show you now because it's so mesmerizingly good. So you can go, oh, wow. But I did it live as I do lots of things, Jolie. And, and I did it really strong. So, you know, it was still there. But you basically take, take a makeup brush and take it from your nose to your eyebrow in that line and see where it hits your brow. And then it's above your eyebrow. Okay. And just place, place some contour there, which I'm doing quite strongly now. You're probably looking like I've been hit by something, right? No. So you're taking the contour just kind of where the arch of the brow sits. If you put the brush from your nose up to the arch of your brow and you're placing it just above there. Yeah. And then you're just placing it also above the brow. But it does this thing. It instantly lifts. It instantly lifts your eyes. So that's like one of the nicest things I've learned very recently. And I think we should always be learning. You know, I think life is so boring. But I just never thought about it for contour. Um, and I loved it. So that was that. And then the best bit of advice I give to women, and this is like women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, is rethink your base because for many different reasons, we put a certain level of base foundations on our skin and different things at different times make us do. And we can kind of layer it on, layer it on, layer it on. So we lose sight of our skin and we actually sort of age our skin in a way. We age the look of our skin. And I don't think it's necessary that I want women to feel they look younger but I want them to feel they have this incredible energy from their skin. And when they look in the mirror, they don't feel tired and they feel that energy. And the way you feel that energy is you see skin texture somewhere. And when I had very, very bad skin when I was 13, I begun to use quite a heavy base, like what would now be like a studio fix or something. And I just used more and more of it. And I got to my 20s and then I went on Ractane and my skin got better. And for a few years after, I still used it. And then one day I thought, what am I doing? I, I've, you know, I took it all off. And then I thought, let me just put it where I need it. Let my skin breathe. And it was amazing how the power of that transformation because you get your skin back. And sometimes we lose sight of where our skin is. No, absolutely. And I used to do all the same in that you just kind of would use foundation as a mask rather than to enhance um, your natural skin. Yeah. And what are your kind of go-to products for creating that base at the moment? For me, I, I mean, I invented them because I couldn't find the level of buildable coverage I wanted. So I think the first thing for any woman, even a woman with oily skin, is to just, well, the first thing is to give SPF. So I want to give SPF, but I want to give a bit of a skin evening out. So you have that first product you put on and it's going to you know, tick the SPF box. It's like I'm secretly giving you the SPF because I think I'd love every woman in the world to wear SPF. And for some who don't right now, this is like they love so many other things about the product. They nearly forget there's SPF in it. But there's a UVA, UVB, SPF 30, and that's the BFF skin perfector. But it does have a tiny bit of pigment and it breaks on contact with the skin. So it looks white and then it breaks and, and gives you a dusting of coverage, but very small. But it gives you this health to your skin. And lots of women who use it, who might have just had a very different routine before, um, say people come up and say, have I changed my skincare routine? 
So that to me is is like what I will do every single day. I, I will get up and literally brush my teeth and put that on. And then if I feel there are days where my skin feels really tired or I'm stressed, I then develop something which was for very stressed skin. And it's now the biggest buzzword, stressed skin, neurofrolene, which I put into this product was something I'd researched for the last three years. And now other brands are beginning to see that benefit of that ingredient. But I put in 10%. And I just thought I want to put in the maximum percentage um, because it's incredible at reducing levels of cortisol on your skin. I never want a product to just do one thing on my face. I think that's what I'm trying to say. I want it to do lots of things. So de-stress gives you a bit of coverage, but then it also, as the day progresses, you might be getting more stressed and it will be eradicating that stress from your face as the day progresses. And I love that. Instead of us thinking at three o'clock, we go to the loo and we think, oh my God, I need to put something else on. It's like your skin should be looking better and better. Basically doing all the hard work for you. It is doing all the hard work. Yeah. So, so that's my, that's what I use. And, and I would um, never use any other product because I, I spent a long time developing these because I felt there wasn't anything doing that of taking, you know, a skincare serum with a, with a component of pigment and putting it together properly. Amazing. And that leads us onto our second piece of advice, which is skincare. So what is the best piece of skincare advice that you have to give or have ever been given? The best skincare advice I was given was by Eve Lom, who used to do my facials for about seven years when it was really the most incredible brand and very, very linear. You know, she had Creme Universale. She had the infamous uh, cleansing balm, which everybody copied. There was no cleansing balm out there until Eve came out with it. And she had a lip kiss and she had something else but that, that was it oh, oh the rescue mask okay it was five products but she would always say never put on heavy moisturizer at night because the witch's brew doesn't have time to come through and is suffocated and what she meant by that is if you put very heavy barrier creams on at night our skin overnight you know this very well darling I'm just saying this for the audience but our skin overnight will release the toxins of the day and it's the time it can regenerate. And if you don't have an opportunity for them to get to the top, then in the morning, clean your skin. Because lots of people think I wake up and my skin was clean last night, so I don't need to. But clean your skin. Get them off. Get them off. Because you keep them on and they'll start to block your pores and they'll start to, you know, you, you've got them out by overnight regeneration and you're, you don't want to keep them back in. So that's something I have since then, I've never put a heavy night cream on my face ever. Never at night. So swerve those kind of thicker moisturizers at night. Never at night. So that's the best advice I was given. And the best advice I could give is that if you have to think, what do I spend my money on? I would say that you can clean your skin for five or 10 pounds. And I always clean my skin twice. So I always take my makeup off with the balm and I always then use a gel cleanser. And I sort of think getting into that routine of not thinking a toner takes off the rest of your makeup, but understanding you want to clean your skin so thoroughly that by the time you get to any treatment products, it shouldn't be still taking off the makeup. So that's like the everything. That's what I try and teach my daughter who's 17, who's got occasional spots like Lila, clean your skin, clean your skin, clean your skin. Um, then I would say... I would say a vitamin C because I just think for nearly every single age group from 20, a vitamin C is great because it just does that glow, evening out of the skin tone, helps with a bit of cellular renewal. A retinol, if you are of an age where you need it, and I think some women start retinol a bit too early, they might not need to. 
they might be starting it in a prescription form like tretinoin where it's going to be for helping their spots which is fine but generally if you're using it for other reasons i wouldn't really use it till you're in your 30s and the most important of anything you can do is spf so that would be my sort of anything else you add to that routine can really help to do other things you can you know i love acids um, but I think that people can overuse them. I think that a lot of people use them morning and night. Some people use very strong ones because, you know, that diving in the deep end moment of, oh, I heard about it, I love it. And then the last thing I would add to that is microneedling because I am, a, you know, I've done microneedling for 10 years on my skin. And I do believe in the fundamental aspect that if you over 25, collagen slowed down by your thir- time you're 30, not really there. So your skin is on this journey of of not regenerating and and producing juicy collagen. And the only way it will be coming out of that is is if you stimulate it where it feels it's being attacked. And microneedling for me is the perfect thing for that. So I do it two or three times a week. So you do it on yourself? Yeah. But I don't use, you know, you can go to a clinic and do a one point needle. But I will do a 0.5 needle. And then the products I'm using will work at their optimum level. But you've got to build up to that. There's a lot on Amazon, which I think you have to be very careful of because you have to know microneedles have really been sterilized properly. If it doesn't have a titanium needle, I would be worried. And if it hasn't been sterilized properly before you have it, I'd be really worried. So just try and find reputable people. Lots of the main brands now do these high sort of mishmash of a microneedling kit, but they are more doing things with hyaluronic acid and they're not full micro needles. They're just like face gym. And um, I think Sarah Chapman, they both brought out these things, which I'm sure you've been using and trying Jolie. And I think, yeah, nice bit of stimulation, but that's not what I call micro needling. You want the big guns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Want you guns. want the big guns. Yeah. Welcome back Trini. Uh, let's talk about hair now. So your third piece of advice, what is your best piece of hair advice? I think what suits you doesn't suit somebody else and vice versa. I think the hardest thing is when you go to a hairdresser or, I mean, at the, I don't know when it's going to go out, but we've had many months of not going to hairdressers. But you just think, give me that. But your skin, hair and eye don't suit that color. So hair, can, hair color, you know, I can, I can look at lots of women who I make over and I'm doing their makeup the one thing I think to myself is at what point can I say to them, honey, you need to go down a tone, warmer or cooler, because you can see that it's not forgiving for your skin. And just think carefully about the base of your hair color and whether it will really be good for your skin tone. Does it wash you out? Does it make your eyes sparkle? Does it make your skin look its best? And if it doesn't, it's not the color for you. Which is a very good piece of advice as we kind of, you know, it's, we're almost getting back into the salon. So really thinking about your colour. Yeah, because you're going to run in there so excited to be back. You know, he called <laughs> me last true. week saying, because we had to cancel you. I had an appointment on the day that we went to lockdown. You know, I've been home dying with the tint, so I haven't had highlights in for a while. But it was just that you kind of think, oh my goodness, it's like you go to the restaurant after having had some terrible diet and you think, I'll eat everything on the menu. Yeah, <laughs> I will literally be cartwheeling in there, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you, you mentioned at-home hair dye. What have you been using um, well, in the interim? Well, I asked my hairdresser before we went to the first lockdown to give me the equipment for So she gave me the Weller 
seven point and then I have a slightly different number I think it's 7.2 for for around my hairline and then the barrier oil and the little mixing brush and even even the bib <laughs> so I really felt I was at my own salon um so it's gone all right because I, I I've watched her do it so often and it's just patience because sometimes you might be dabbing and think oh I'll bring over a lot more hair it doesn't matter but you just got to be so methodical and remember how bored you were at the hairdress and how long it took and how thin those strands were before she went to the next so when you have darker hair it's been much easier for women with darker hair during lockdown to maintain it because the tint is so much easier than somebody who loves balayage or wants some kind of you know um, highlights those are much harder but then it's going to get some women thinking well actually this base color which I haven't seen for many years I quite like you know so it's interesting what it does and for me I'm 70% gray so I am not that kind of person who's going to go gray gracefully and I think the people who I see who have that have a certain texture in their hair and they have also a strength in their face, in their cheekbones, in the way their skin, hair and eye combination is. But I know that for me, I go the colour of a, a fox on a bad day with kind of this redness and greyness in it. And it's just vomity. It's horrible. Even my hairdresser says, Trini, you're somebody who should never show your grey. OK, so if if Nicola Clark's, Shelley and Nicola Clark is saying that, I'm agreeing. OK, so you're cartwheeling back to the salon with me. Oh, yeah, honey. <laughs> okay, so number four, fragrance. Let's talk about fragrance. What's your best piece of fragrance advice? Well, I worked for a fragrance house as one job in many before I really realized what I want to do in my career called Cajon. And they did some amazing fragrances. One of them was called Tabac Blanc, which they made for Amelia Earhart when she went, you know, as this first woman to go across the Atlantic on, an, on a plane. And it was the first unisex scent, you know, and it was actually Karl Lagerfeld's favorite scent. But I, I got my obsession, my passion with fragrance then. But I'm very particular about fragrance because I want to wear something nobody else is wearing which is quite tricky. I've gone through phases in my life where I've not been aware of the poor people who've had to suffer the amount of fragrance I wore. So I did wear for a while a fragrance called Fracas, which is an incredibly beautiful fragrance, but you need the most minuscule amount because it was an eau de parfum as well. And, and it has this gardenia depth to it, but it's pungent and and you always I always know there's certain fragrances where you know immediately oh portrait of a lady oh fracas you know you know what they are and my favorite fragrance now is by um um, um perfumier in Australia called Samuel Gravin and he is like a wine dealer but not a wine dealer he's he's like a sort of producer of the most delicious beautiful red wine and it takes him months to get it ready and then he says it's coming and and they're inside their cedar thing, and it's called Woody Fig. They're inside their cedar barrel, Trini, and it's going to be a while longer. And da -da -da -da. And when it comes, the colour's going to take a while because it's like you need it to mature inside your house as well. So there's this whole unbelievable love when he produces his fragrances. And I found it at a place in Australia called Bondi Wash, and they, he had made a little bit for them. And... I bought it and I was like, oh, my God, it, it like took diptyque figure on on a far more intense layered journey. Oh, that sounds amazing. 
Yeah, it's it's just beautiful. And um, so I wear it. And funny enough, my daughter, it's very odd to share a scent with your daughter, but she loves it. She's 17. She loves it so much. And I never want somebody to smell me before, you know, when, when I'm there. I want them to, when they kiss me hello, they go, what's that? I feel the level of fragrance in different countries is 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 very different. You can go in certain countries where it just overwhelms you, like in the Middle East and in India, you know, it's there. So um, I'm careful about how much I wear. Yeah, you know, you have that kind of moment of, you like the what's that, yeah. Yeah, like, what is that, yeah. you know? Which obviously nobody said to me because I've been on Zoom or else they can't be that close to me. So how does it mean I've worn more? It's meant I've just, you know, I do it for my own enjoyment. And I spray it sometimes on my clothes. I spray it in the room just when I want that that feeling, that feeling. I've got it here right now. It's like I want through the phone to tell you exactly what it smells like. But it's smell o vision. I love that tip, though, of, smell, of spraying your clothes as well. I do that. And that kind of does, you know, when we're finally allowed out of the house again, when you can hug someone, it gives them that kind of rush of your scent, as you say. Yeah. And I used to... When um, Lila was very homesick, her father, who's no longer with us, but he wore Eau Sauvage Extreme. And I used to spray it on his old jumpers and she would take that to school after he died so she could smell him. Oh, I love that. And the nostalgia of scent. Yeah. And then I never washed them and we put them in, in, in wrapping and then... You know, she had some, but we found a new one the other day and we took it out and it was just like this whoosh of him because it wasn't just spraying it with it. It was like a mixture of his body smell with that. That's what makes the scent. It's it's Mm. how your body, you know, interacts with that. So absolutely. So powerful. And and yeah, so nostalgic. Um, And how about your fifth piece of advice around self-care? What would you say your best piece of self-care advice has been? I think when I've got a lot on, I can be quite, uh, what shall I focus on? You know, it, it can be that thing of get something finished or let me do that because there's so, so much you know that you have to do. And it's just sometimes taking a step back and thinking, okay, let me just, I need to get one thing finished just one thing finished because then that will give me a good feeling instead of just trying to do five things which you don't get to finish by the end of the day so it's it's I try and get through those five things because I'm kind of it's like I won't go to bed until I do but it's not good for your mental health if you don't you know switch off your head and I have this wonderful woman called Jo who's doing meditations with the Trini tribe. So we have on Facebook this group of about 75,000 women who are members of this Trini tribe, which is like this community. And we do a meditation every Friday. And there's thousands of women around the world doing this meditation. We do it together. And we choose different subjects. And she's taking us on this journey. She's a shaman of just learning how to meditate. But she taught me this thing, which resets me. And it's so simple. And I'm not going to remember it fully, Jolie. But it's when you're, you know, you're when you go down a kind of this like route, and your head keeps going down a route, and you want to just you want to cut the connection. Yeah. So what you do is you just and we can do this now together. Mm-hmm. You just think, okay, what's the furthest away thing that I can hear? Okay, have you got that? What's the first away thing you can hear, Jolie? 
I feel like I can hear footsteps okay. in the background. All right. I can hear maybe distant traffic, like that London noise. And then what's the nearest thing you can hear? You. Okay. Your voice. I was going to say the seagulls who are outside my window who make a hell of a noise when I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> but it could also be my breath, if I really yes. listen to that. And then what's the furthest away thing I can smell? And I can't do that today. When you're outside, when I'm outside, I can get that furthest away smell. And then the nearest thing you can smell. My perfume. Yeah. For me, it's my hair because it's got mm. a, a shampoo in it, Eels Formula, and it's got a very nice smell. That and is then, calming, though. I feel very calm very just calming. from doing that. Yeah. And I guess you're not- just tapping into your senses. You are, and it's just cutting that sort of rabbit warren going down the rabbit hole link. So then you reset, and then you can get on with your day. So it's the thing of the five senses. So I've forgotten one of them. I think what's the nearest thing you can touch, maybe, I don't know. But it, it, it's great, and I think it's the most immediate form of self-care. Honestly, I feel so calm. Good. I'm going to be doing that. It's a good yeah. one to do. Yeah, definitely. When you feel like deadlines are looming and there's so much going on that you can't, like, set it, you know. I'm, I'm so calm. I'm lost for words, Trini. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm you can't, yeah, but, but it's when you can put it into those little pockets that seem more doable. Oh, I'm going to sleep well tonight. Okay, well, amazing piece of self-care advice. Thank you for sharing that. And now we come on to our final question. So your biggest beauty blunder, talk to me. Have you got a story? I have got a story. I mean, it's just a general over a few years story, but I used to wear foam fake tan that was orange. It was like I was an orange and I had very bad skin. So the combination of that fake tan I wore, which I thought was disguising my acne. I turned into a literally an uncooked pizza in looks and it got everywhere. It didn't have the sophistication of fake tan today. And whenever I would go and stay with friends, because I wore this since I was about, from about 16 to about 20, my mum would be called up by the mum saying, can she bring her own sheets? Because I was like the Turin shroud. <laughs> and so that was chronically embarrassing. Then when I look back at pictures, I just think, oh, you know, what were you thinking? Because you lose sight of the colour of your skin, you know, and then you buy everything for that fake tan moment and then it becomes blotchy and then and you, it's not your skin. Like fake tan will never go to how you go to a sun colour. It will go to mm. its brand of what colour that is. And, and that's so different for every woman. So I put down around my mid-20s, actually, I put down the fake tan madness I'd had and... Um, And then I used it occasionally on my body, but I haven't used it for the last 15 years at all. Yeah, I think I blush. You see, I love blush and some gel bronzer, which we have too, which is really effective, just being a part of your skin in a few shades. But no, I wouldn't go back to that. I can't believe that you had to bring your own sheets. I want women to love, love their skin, Jolie. And just, you know, I I have a lot of women who might say, oh, I'm so pale without it, you know. And I think, but your skin is just beautiful. And I want to see the, the ebb and flow and I want to see the cheekbone. And I think 
sometimes, well, when I used fake tan, it would just flatten everything and then bits would get dirty around the nose and then the hairline would be a bit compromised. Well, a great note to finish on as well, just embracing your own skin, your own skin texture and calling on products that, yeah, work for you and that your feel-good makeup, your feel-good beauty, which is how we started and it can be how we finish. Um, thank you so much, Trini, for all of your amazing advice. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Jenny, for having me on. Trini Woodall, what a woman. I really, really enjoyed chatting with her and loved our little meditation session at the end too. As always, a huge thank you for listening. And if you have a moment to rate and review the Grazia Beauty Life Lessons podcast in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, it really, really helps us out and we'd so, so appreciate it. I really hope to see you next time.